0: And this morning to begin, uh, we're going to read from the word of the Lord before I do. Big round of applause for Billy. Big round of applause. Is you back in here yet? (laughs) Todd and Amber Stinson are incredible. Our deaf community is incredible. Um, You know, they're they're part of our our one big family here. I always feel especially sorry for the interpreter. Uh, because I can tend to talk a little fast sometimes and I'll use country slang too. And I'm always like, I wonder how that plays out in sign language. But um, if you have uh, deaf loved ones or deaf friends in in our city, uh, you need to plug them in with Todd and Amber and these folks over here. They love Jesus. They love the Ville. Be a great community for them. Um, Let's start today. Uh, by uh, reading from God's Word, I'm going to read from the Psalms. I'm going to read from a prophet. I'm going to read from Jesus. You're going to get a little bit of all of it. A little bit of a longer reading this morning, and it's not going to be on the back screen. In fact, I'm going to challenge you to fight to give God's Word your attention. We live in this sort of a uh, screen-addicted culture where our consciousness are just so chopped up, right? We can't even focus for more than 15 seconds at a time, right? I want to challenge you, fight. Fight to give God your attention here because his word is is so wise and good. Psalm 146, the psalmist uh, joyfully writes this. He says, praise the Lord. Let all that I am praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God with my dying breath. Don't put your confidence in powerful people. There is no help for you there. When they breathe their last, they return to the earth and all their plans die with them. But joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He made heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them. He keeps every promise forever. He gives justice to the oppressed and food to the hungry. The Lord frees the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are weighed down. The Lord loves the godly. The Lord protects the foreigners among us. He cares for the orphans and widows, but he frustrates the plans of the wicked. The Lord will reign forever. He will be your God, O Jerusalem, throughout the generations. Praise the Lord. The joyful words of the psalmist. Now let's read the fiery words of the prophets. See if you're still clapping then. <laughs> Amos writes, what sorrow awaits you who say, if only the day of the Lord were here, you have no idea what you're wishing for. That day will bring darkness, not light. In that day, you will be like a man who runs from a lion only to meet a bear. Escaping from the bear, he leans his hand against a wall in the house and he's bitten by a snake. Yes, the day of the Lord will be dark and hopeless, without a ray of joy or hope. I hate all your show and pretense, the hypocrisy of your religious festivals and solemn assemblies. I will not accept your burnt offerings and grain offerings. I won't even notice all your choice peace offerings. Away with your noisy hymns of praise. I will not listen to the music of your harps. Instead, let justice roll like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. The words of the prophet. Last, the words of Jesus. Matthew 22, verse 34. Matthew writes, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question Jesus again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap Jesus with this question. Teacher, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Words of Jesus, the words of the Lord. You can be seated. Thanks be to God for all of his word from the psalmist, To the prophet, to the words of Jesus himself. All right, so on April 27th, 2014, I stood on that stage back there, the real stage, um, and, uh, and I preached a sermon called Just Another Church because I was committed that Northeast would not be, not be Just Another Church. Uh, On April 27th, 2014, I had just turned 28 years old, uh, which means I had been on staff at Northeast for less than two years. I'd been in full-time vocational ministry for less than two years. I'd been a full-time preacher for less than two years. Lindsay and I had zero kids at that point. Now I have three. (laughs) Bob Cherry was the lead pastor at Northeast at that point, which means the church was a whole lot saner and older. Uh, I was proud to be his teaching pastor. And on April 27th, 2014, Love the Ville did not exist. Now, here's what we realized, though, uh, seven years ago. Uh, We realized two things. One, in, in the heart of our church, there was a deep desire to be compassionate. generous. It was unique to our church, special about our church. Anytime we would throw a serve project or a giving initiative out, our people would jump all over it. There was love in there waiting to be unleashed. And it was special. We knew it. Uh, We also knew that the church, and not like Northeast specifically, but like Big C Church, the church of Louisville, the church in America had a real PR problem. A reputation issue. When people heard the word church, especially those outside the church, they would think of something. And it usually wasn't good and it definitely wasn't the self-sacrificial, unconditional, cross-shaped love of Jesus. And so we thought we might have a solution here to the problem. Look, the reason why people weren't coming to church, joining church families, wasn't because they had never heard of Jesus or never heard of the gospel or there wasn't a church close enough to their house. Okay, there are plenty of churches all around the city of Louisville. Okay, one well, like, moms and daughters were driving by, you know, northeast, like, Mommy, what's that, a church? A cur- ch- can you pronounce that for me, Mommy? I don't know, honey. Looks like an outlet mall. You know, like, maybe there's an Old Navy. Let's go. No, like, this isn't, that wasn't the conversation, right? No, the, co- the conversation was this. We know what church is, and that's why we're not going. They either found church boring, they were either apathetic towards it or for some folks they were just downright repulsed by church so we came up with an idea and i rolled it out to the church on april 27th 2014 it was the idea that would fix it all it was a blitz day you guys remember the clifton blitz hashtag love 40206 who still has their red shirts it's a really good shirt isn't it like the shirt shirts hold up uh so, okay, here was the, the mindset behind it. Uh, we thought, okay, our church is about 2,500 big at that point. We want to mobilize 2,000 people on that morning. We're not going not to come to the Clifton campus. not going to come to the Brownsboro campus. No, we're going to go to the Clifton neighborhood, to designated spots where we had already figured out ways to serve the community. And rather than having service in a room, we were going to take service to the streets. That's what the church would do on this one Sunday morning. We had never done anything like it before as a church. It was unprecedented for us. And we almost didn't do it for the record. There were so many reasons why we shouldn't do it. We thought people were gonna get mad at us or we wondered if anybody was actually gonna show up and like the logistical issues to mobilize that many people on one Sunday morning. So, okay, you know what almost stopped our first blitz day? And to love the Ville and its track. No you know almost killed it from the start? Parking. <laughs> Parking. Because have you ever tried to park on Frankfurt Avenue during brunch on a Sunday morning? And we're like, how are we supposed to get like 1,700 people to park there? Now, do you remember our solution though? That's right. Jump on the bus, ride with us. We, I don't know where we got all the school buses from. I have no clue. Like we weren't, at that point, we didn't have really tight relationships with the school system. So did we, I don't, I don't know what strings we pulled. Did we steal the buses? Were there bus drivers in our church that just, I don't know, but, but we got buses and everybody came and parked here. We loaded up and we went down and met the Clifton campus in Clifton. You got dropped off at designated serve spots. Know what else almost killed the blitz from the start? Communion. Now I kid you not. Now Now I am all about our time of communion. It's something that the people of God should do every Sunday in order to remember Jesus' death. Important moment for us, right? But we were canceling church. So how are we ever gonna come together and get communion? Maybe we should just do the Blitz on Saturday. That's what we thought. But then we came up with an innovative idea. Do you remember? To go communion. We literally put leaders on every single one of the buses, with to-go communion kits, and they led a meditation on a bus and distributed communion. Last 10%, okay? Do you know what almost killed Blitz State and Love the Ville from the very beginning, back in 2014? should be an honest here. Offering. Uh, look, okay, rewind to 2014, and people were not giving online at this point. So my livelihood to put food on the... No, I'm kidding. But like the church's livelihood depended on us coming in the room and actually passing physical plates. Do you remember these things? These physical offering plates that we used to... Yeah, it it depended on us passing those plates and people putting the money in. And there's only 52 Sundays over the course of the year. So now we're killing one of the 52 Sundays. And can we really do it? Yeah, we should definitely have blitz on Saturday so we can pass the plates. Now, I can't remember exactly what we did about offering... I thought this morning, I was like, did we pass the plates on the bus? Cause that would be something I would do. Okay, but, but th- th- I hope, and Jason's like, I hope we didn't pass the plates on the bus. And I'm saying, let's just pretend like we didn't. Okay, so I don't think we passed the plates on the bus, but my point in telling, you, uh, telling y'all this is this. In 2014, our vision for this was so small. It's just so small. Our faith was the size of mustard seed. We couldn't see it. We didn't see that this one day would turn into like an eight-year vision tradition for our church. We couldn't see it. We couldn't see that three hours on one Sunday morning would explode into a self-sacrificial, unconditional, cross-shaped DNA in our church that would impact our community every day, everybody, everywhere in uncertainty told unheard of ways. We couldn't see it, but you know who did see it? God saw it. He knew what he was doing the entire time. So uh, we didn't see in 2014, ourselves eventually hiring an entire staff of outreach leaders like Tamara, Brown, Leslie Bowman, Rosemary, Arsenal, and Richard Mosqueda. Uh, we didn't see 30 plus schools that would be involved. The 11 partner schools we'd serve weekly, the thousands of teachers we'd appreciate, and the tens of thousands of local families that we'd elevate. Uh, we didn't see the playgrounds, pergolas, gardens, and fish ponds that we'd build, or the gyms we'd paint, or the computer labs we'd furnish, or the iPads we'd purchase, or the princess nights with balloon drops, and boys nights with bounce houses that we'd host. We didn't see West Louisville and our partnerships there. We didn't see the sister churches we'd meet and learn from there. We didn't see Damian Thompson and the Emmanuel Baptist Church or or David Thomas and Greater New Beginnings, who you'll get to hear from in a bit. We didn't see the local businesses that we'd sponsor or the business owners that we'd help find housing for. Uh, We didn't see Portland Elementary School or the Portland Promise Center or Hand in Hand Ministries or the Jesus Loving Women at the Louisville Affordable Housing Trust Fund. We didn't see the thousands of refugees that would be settled or homeless women and children put in homes or hungry neighbors fed or prisoners loved or babies born or neighbors cared for. We didn't see the hashtag two cheeks, two weeks. Remember that? And the over 300,000 plus meals that we'd provide for local children going hungry on an Easter we didn't see the thirty-plus organic ministries and nonprofits that would be launched by Northeast stakeholders. We didn't see the many of you who would build, uh, who would feel called to join boards and run for office and leave the private sector, take pay cuts in order to work in public service because you love the bill. We didn't see the hundreds of thousands of hours of volunteer work that would be given. We didn't see the several families that would foster children and adopt babies, or even sell their homes and move into impoverished communities. We didn't see the over five million dollars we'd raise in five. 5 years that would go above and beyond our general fund to go straight to Love the Ville Outreach. We didn't see the 38,000 snack packs, 1,000 pizzas, 400 boxes of Girl Scout cookies, and so much more that would be collected and donated during a global pandemic. We didn't see the hundreds of churches from across the country that would come calling because they wanted to learn from us about how to cultivate a more compassionate, biblical DNA in their own church. And we didn't see the thousands of people who would find intimacy and life in their relationship with Jesus for the first time, or. for the first time in a long time we didn't see it but you know who did <laughs> that's right god did he saw it all he saw it all and you know what the stories that we know of and the statistics that I could report to you today, it is only a fraction of the ripples of love God has created in real human lives that we even know about at this point, this side of heaven. One of the things that's gonna make heaven beautiful for eternity is we're gonna get to connect all the stories and all the ways we've been impacted and we've got a chance to impact others. So we still don't see it. Did you know in 2014, uh, we hadn't even come up with the name Love the Bill yet. We didn't come up with that until 2015. That's when we started calling it Love the I think Bob Cherry actually came up with that. So we'll, I'll give him just a little bit of credit, Bob. Now, he was such a big part of all this and still is today. Now i tell you what, what we did see uh, seven years ago. Uh, we saw Jesus. We knew him. His church knew Jesus well. And we knew that a relationship with Jesus usually starts with one of his followers. And we knew that the best, most powerful relational currency there is out there is love and trust. We knew that small acts of great love changed the world one person at a time. That's what the Blitz was built on. That's what the Love the Ville culture was built on. That's what the Love the Ville lifestyle is built on. You know what we saw? We saw a chain link fence at Barrett Middle School that needed to be painted. Uh, we saw a lady who was responsible for all 50 community flower beds on Frankfurt Avenue who was a bit overwhelmed. We saw a list that a local bartender handed us of 12 families in the Clifton community who needed a little work done on their house. And we showed up and loved our neighbors. Now, you know what my favorite memory is of the first blitz? The thing that just still to this day, I am most proud of. My favorite memory was you after the blitz. Because after that day, when we literally went out into the hot May, uh, you know, streets of Clifton, rather than coming into our air conditioned cushioned seat room for a song and sermon, after that day where you sweat and got a little dirty, the number one piece of feedback we got from our people was this. When are we doing this again? When are we doing this again? We have to do this again because this is what church is about. This is what Jesus would be like. This is where you'd probably find him. I love that about our church. But I have a last 5% question for you today. Is that still us? Is it? You see, rewind to April 27th, 2014, and uh, our church was smaller then, but we had 1800 people show up for that first Blitz day. And you know how many we've got signed up for school Blitz next week? Last I checked, it was 400. Is that still us? okay so here's what I have found I have found that in our like virtue signaling tweet about it culture people love the idea of love more than doing it than actually living it and the inconvenience and sacrifice that it takes let that not be us let that never be us I don't think that's us I found that a lot of people love the idea of a Love the Ville church. They like being a part of a Love the Ville church more than they actually like being a Love the Ville church or building one. Because you know what it takes to build a Love the Ville church? It takes sweat on your brow. It takes dirty hands. It takes risky generosity. It takes inconvenient schedules. It takes love. It takes putting your money and your muscle where your mouth is. And that's always been us. And I'm asking today, let us not get complacent. Now, for the rest of our time, uh, I'm going to get the great opportunity to invite uh, Richard Moschetta, one of our outreach leaders, adult discipleship leader on stage right now. He's going to bring with him uh, four people. S- a couple of them are uh, stakeholders here at Northeast that are all in on Love the Ville. A couple of them represent some of the partners that we get an opportunity to invest in and, uh, and to cheer on and partner with. And uh, I hope that they inspire you. And then at the end of this, Jason's going to come up and he's going to ask you to sign up for Blitz next week and then come back the following to hear more about you- the Ways you can long-term serve in our community. So wake yourself up if you got to. Take a sip of your coffee. Put your phone on D&D. Give Richard and the team uh, our attention and, and welcome, welcome uh, some of uh, some of our best Loveville people to stay here. Richard, all yours, man.
1: I love our church and I love how we get to serve our city. And so what we do. We have uh, four people here that have stepped up and. Uh, They have their ministries. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to just ask you guys, uh, tell me your name and what you do.
2: My name is Amy D'Amico. I'm the executive director at High Point Charitable Services in LaGrange, Kentucky. We are a ministry to families who are struggling financially, providing for basic needs and spiritual care.
3: My name is Reverend David Thomas with Greater New Beginnings Christian Church, and I am the director of Outreach.
4: My name is Troy Swoboda, and I'm the Northeast Liaison to Chansey Elementary School and Westport Middle School.
5: My name is Michelle Perkins, and I am the principal at Portland Elementary.
1: What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start off asking some questions, some easier questions to, to kind of kick things off here. So Amy, would you rather own a beach house or a cabin in the mountains? And I refuse to choose. I would like them both. <laughs> I like that answer. All right, David, would you rather own a cat or a dog?
3: A dog, a very small one.
1: Does he look like a small dog guy there? All right, Troy, I know you're a sports guy, and I know football is your thing, so one game to win, would you rather have Mahomes as your quarterback or Brady? Brady. Is that a right answer? All right, three of you. Yeah, well more than five. Okay. All right, Michelle, Mac or PC.
5: Mac, all the way.
1: Okay, I know these are all like, there's no right answer, but that is the right answer for Mac. All right, Amy, what about favorite place to shop? Old Navy. All right, David, what about one thing that is annoying things people do? Snoring. (laughs) Troy, what about best holiday of the year? Thanksgiving. Okay, you got to expand on that a little bit more.
4: Two reasons. One, I like the day that... I like the idea of a day that you just spend the entire day thinking about what you have, your blessings, uh, things to be thankful for. And then um, I'm married to a vegetarian, so it's the only day of the year I get to bake a turkey. (laughs) That's kind of a big deal. All
1: right, Michelle, a hobby you've had these days.
5: Gardening. I've been able to learn how to do a little bit of that here lately.
1: All right, one more easy one, then we'll start getting a little bit harder here. Favorite restaurant for all of you guys. What would what, you say is favorite restaurant? Havana Rumba. Got a fan over here. Chipotle. <laughs> Man, you've got a fist bump on that one. Guacamole. Okay. Feast. All right, good choices there, guys. All right, so what I want to do is I want to ask you guys, and we'll start with you, Amy. Tell us why you do what you do.
2: So I really feel that we are called to be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. And uh, we have the opportunity to let our light shine so that when people see us, uh, they see Christ in us. Um, High Point is a ministry to families who are struggling financially, but their needs go way beyond money. Um, And while a lot of us cannot relate to uh, the choice between paying our heating bill or buying food for our family for the week, uh, we can all relate to that life is a struggle, and sometimes it feels too heavy to bear. And so I do what I do at High Point because I get to be part of a ministry that is sharing uh, the hope and the joy we can have in Christ that goes beyond our circumstances uh, to hundreds of families every month.
3: Well, uh, in the community which I serve in uh, right now, um, I used to be uh, part of the problem within that community. Uh, I was raised as a teenager in the community, and uh, just part of uh, involvement with gangs, uh, selling drugs, and uh, just wild, reckless, out of control. And uh, like I said, part of the problem, but now God has me part of the solution. and. Um, it's just it's, it's, it's a, such a privilege to be able to serve in the very same community which I once wrecked havoc in, but now they're just lavish in love and, and just like uh, the, the man that was possessed with the uh, demons, of the demonic, uh, when Jesus, he had uh, casted the demons out of him and he wanted to follow Jesus, but Jesus told him, no, go back to your hometown and tell them what God has done for you. So God has now called me back to the very same community and neighborhood to go back and tell them what God has done for me.
4: So uh, I just feel like I've been incredibly blessed. I have uh, amazing children. I have a beautiful wife, uh, long-term marriage, great business, uh, much more than I've ever deserved. And you know, I just feel the need to give back. I felt that call several years ago that it's time to give back, time to share. And so Northeast gives me the opportunity to do that.
5: Um, for me, um, I mean, you get to build and shape little people. You get to create um, wonderful atmospheres uh, for kids and be able to support the most amazing staff and give back i mean education to me opened so many doors and changed so many uh the direction of my life in so many ways and so being able to give that back and teaching kids how to love uh, it's just a very special special feeling
1: around here we talk about giving god the glory and so i just want to ask you guys what are some um some ways you've seen God working, maybe in your life or in the ministry that you're working, ways you've seen God working.
2: So, last year was an intense year of crisis relief uh, for hundreds of families who were food insecure throughout the COVID pandemic. Uh, but this year, we're very excited to be able to expand our ministry into what we're calling the Grace Resource Center. And in the center, we'll be able to provide comprehensive case management, mental health support, spiritual support, life skills classes. And uh, where I see God working is that it's taking a very collaborative effort to achieve that type of ministry to a, a community. Um, and when uh, we have lots of partners who believe in our mission and churches like Northeast who see us as a local mission field, um, it, to support us financially and send the congregation to be hands and feet and um, doing God's work at High Point is a confirmation that, uh, that we are doing His work and that we're all working together.
3: So, uh, last month, um, I had three biological brothers that died and transitioned within a three-week span. Uh, it was very tough, rough, definitely on the family. Um, and, but God has been definitely showing himself strong uh, and allowed to me to see his comfort and his peace, which is the pastor's understanding. And that, um, then my brothers, i just so thankful and grateful that, that they knew the Lord and that uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So that's what's something I've been dealing with personally uh, within this last month, me and my family. So I just ask that y'all continue to pray for me and my family. Uh, then also God has uh, been doing just some marvelous and miraculous things. We were able to uh, open up a men's house uh, where for, for guys who are transitioning out of prison or halfway houses, uh, we have two or three guys that living in one of the houses, and the house is called the Redemption House. And so just to be able to love on them and encourage them and walk beside them and invest into their life, I once was a product of that environment, transitioned out of prison. I did over 12 and a half years in jails and prisons. Uh, but I so thank God for him changing and transforming my life so I know the power of God and what he can do. So that's another thing where God is just using and doing, and I'm grateful for it. So in the
4: uh, ministries that I'm involved in, I get to work with a lot of local businesses, and that's where I get to see what I, I think is God working. Um, lots of different things, like we just redid the garden over at Westport Middle School, and Home Depot, just because I mentioned it, gave us a huge discount. Or uh, we put together spa bags for the teachers last year, and Lamoni Solm, the restaurant just next door, printed up these beautiful gift certificates and threw in extra certificates. Louisville Salt Cave put together all of these bags of bath salts for us at an unbelievable price. I know they didn't make any money off of it. Um, We taught some kids how to cast fishing poles that had never fished before. And I mentioned it over at Cabela's and they just, oh yeah, here, we're just going to donate some fishing poles to you. I mean, it's just on and on and on. Uh, feeding families. You mentioned it to GFS, and GFS uh, just says, okay, we'll give you everything it cost." and they gave us so much food, we were able to feed an additional two families and keep everything under budget. So I just see it over and over and over again in the community. People don't even hesitate. They just find out what you're doing, and they give. Um,
5: I've seen God working through um, grace humility and hope i think that is uh, over the past year as we've all been aware of the COVID in schools and nti and all of that this could have been a, a huge disaster for my school uh, but it wasn't um, teachers stepped up parents stepped up the engagement was nothing was like none other um, any issue that came everybody just came together to make a solution and uh, to be creative. And the kids were part of the learning. And I think um, just that combination of everybody coming together is gonna make this year even better for us. And so you know, sometimes when you have these things that are happening um, that seem to be terrible, you, you grow out of that. And so learning to grow and also uh, being thankful and believing that we can make it has just been a wonderful experience for us.
1: One of the blessings that I get as a staff member is I get to hear countless stories, stories of God working and God touching lives and people being intentional about loving others. And, and so one of the things I want to ask you is maybe just share one story of uh, just a great story of how you are intentional about loving on others and, and the results of it.
2: One of the favorite uh, stories I like to share is about a woman who started coming to High Point for support with basic needs uh, many years ago when she was a single mom. And um, she's a woman of faith, and I always looked forward to seeing her. She had, even though she faced quite a bit of challenges, she had an optimistic attitude, and I loved getting to know her and her kids. Um, She has since married, and last year in COVID, um, they were in a car wreck, and their car was totaled. And when you live in poverty or near the poverty line, to lose your transportation is a very big deal. Um, so, there were a lot of challenges that they were facing at that time. Uh, so, she reached out to High Point and we were able to put her on a shut in list. And so, we had volunteers who were taking her food each week uh, while she was figuring out her car situation. And um, then, we had other volunteers who got to know her story. and. Um, wanted to know, uh, wanted to be able to donate some money for her, and so High Point was able to pay some of her, her back bills, and then another couple wanted to donate a car for her, so a lot of the challenges she was facing um, were starting to clear up, but she reached out to High Point again uh, shortly after and said, you know, my biggest need is uh, my marriage, Um, She was a woman of faith, but she wasn't sure what was going to happen. Uh, Things were not looking good. So uh, we were able to connect her with a local pastor who offered them free marriage counseling. And uh, they have been going to counseling, and they are doing well. And so what's encouraging about that story is that we have been planting seeds for many years of just meeting some of her basic needs and encouraging her and uh, praying with her about the different challenges. And when things got really tough, and things felt desperate. She knew that she could reach out to us. Um, so it's just great to see God's faithfulness when we obey and make ourselves available to, be, to make a difference in someone's life, um, that he will continue to water those seeds, and it's a blessing to see the fruit of that.
3: So uh, just here recently, uh, we were able to do an event uh, for... Uh, MOMS. It was a uh, community dinner event, and MOMS is the acronym for Mothers of Murdered Sons. And so these moms, uh, we were able to just love on them and encourage them and uplift them. We were able to do this event at uh, Super Chefs. He, he was so gracious to offer his venue and and provide for the food and the atmosphere to be able to love on his moms. We were Uh, able to do trivia games with the moms, but we definitely saturated the atmosphere with prayer uh, for these moms. And so one of the moms I was able to have interaction with and talk with, and she was just so grateful and just so thankful for allowing us to do this event. And she had just just broke ground, just broke down in tears. And she was like, I wish that more uh, of things like this would be offered to us because we definitely need help. Uh, especially with we, we, we grieving daily, uh, you know, experiencing that pain, that trauma uh, and just that suffering on an ongoing basis. But uh, I was able to tell them that, you know, this is just going to be uh, just a really this dinner is just a handout, but we definitely want to be a hand up. So we want to continue to walk beside you moms and invest in your life and just love, love on y'all. So we're in the process of right now to start small groups. Uh, where we can have an ongoing, continuous basis, because these moms need something that's consistent and persistent in their life uh, to be able to help them deal with this, uh, with losing their child. So we're going to start some, uh, some small groups, and we're going to have some therapists and psychologists along the way that's going to volunteer their time, energy, and effort to do that. Uh, also, from the, from the educational standpoint, it's going to be great. But we're going to be able to share the good news of the gospel. And we know that's what's going to bring change and transformation in their lives.
4: So all of the uh, ministries that I'm involved in uh, are with children. And so I'm not always on the back end to see what the results are. But my hope is, is that you have these kids that we do all these things with. Everything from cleaning up their schools during school blitz to The feeding programs, the mentoring programs, uh, boys rule, princess night, all of the things that this church does and that one day when they need it, if they don't know God yet, they'll look back and understand that there were a lot of people, uh, just random people that took time out of their day to help them and show them an act of kindness and hopefully that'll lead them to God.
5: I think my story um, started when, uh, several years ago, I uh, went to one of the Blitz um, events and uh, loved it so much. It was before I even started gardening, so it was not something that I wanted to do. It really kind of was something I didn't want to do, but I thought this might be a good way to get involved, and um, I after I did that, I thought, Oh, I want them to come to my school. This was before Portland was a a partner school. And so I was trying to get them to come. And at that point, um, everything had already been, uh, planned out. Uh, but what was so awesome is the staff at Northeast decided, um, to during a weekday, just everybody came to my school and just re, um, I mean, it was beautiful work in our, our garden and our pond. And I mean, it, It was phenomenal, Um, and no one asked for anything in return. They were so happy. They were so joyful, and I think for me, um, that was a turning point for me because I was one of those people who grew up um, with that idea that we've been talking about, about church and uh, lots of guilt and uh, feeling like there wasn't a place for me there, and so it was such a wonderful, peaceful feeling to know that this is what this church is about. It's about um, going out and doing things for others and loving on others. And uh, I never really understood that until now. And so just so appreciative of that, to have that in my life and in my school's life.
1: I don't know about you, but I could keep hearing countless stories. I, I want to hear more stories, but we're going we're gonna to stop here for a second. Let's give him a hand for coming up here and sharing. I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to have Jason come up. So let, let me pray for us. Uh, Lord, I thank you for these four individuals that uh, took the time to come up on stage and share about what you're doing in their life and what you're doing in their ministry, and so, Lord, we thank you for them and pray that you continue to bless their ministry. And, Lord, I pray that you be with all the people that are, that are listening and uh, that are um, just get a chance to hear this. And, Lord, just put it on their heart of how they should serve and what they need to do. Uh, so, Lord, we just know that you can work in, in so many different ways. And so, uh, we ask that you uh, uh, just show us what we need to do to love our city. And so, thank you, Lord, for your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
6: Give him a hand again, that's, man. Thank you, guys. Four really good examples of what it looks like when you become intentional to love your city. When you become intentional. You know what, it's such a beautiful picture. I I know some of their stories, and to be able to hear them just share from their hearts they, they don't serve out of guilt or out of uh, some, some sense of personal satisfaction, but they truly do serve because of what's on our big light wall out there, that Jesus is why. He loved them, so they love. No strings attached. And that's the kind of church we want to be. Uh, one, one scripture that constantly challenges uh, and encourages me is what the Apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter 2.12. He said, live an exemplary life in your neighborhood so that your actions will refute their prejudices. Then they will be one over to God's side and be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. And we truly do believe that it's that good, just acts of kindness one after another, those bold acts of goodness one after another that do make a difference in people's lives. You heard it You heard Michelle say, I don't need to say much more than what she did. That's exactly when we want to hear that story played out time and time again. That the love of this church reignites someone's faith. The love of this church shows Jesus to someone for the very first time. And that's the kind of church we want to be about. It really is. That's what we want to do time and time again. You know, and one of the places that we get most of these stories of of how God is moving is in our partnerships with our local schools. Because what we do in those schools carries so much weight. The smallest act makes the biggest difference. Like one of our liaisons shared with us how he was on the other side of town, pumping gas, with a mask on during COVID, and a stranger comes up to him and says, you go to Northeast Christian, right? He was like, yes? Say, you're the snack guy. We love it when you come to Westport Early Childhood and you bring that snack cart, that's the best, that makes our day, thank you. Or when Robin went to Simple Elementary and he was carrying in boxes of T-shirts for their fifth grade students and for their teachers and the principal was overjoyed, she drug him into her office where they were having a Zoom call with all the teachers and every little box on that computer was just going crazy, clapping, cheering. Never forget when we took school supplies. At the last moment to school supplies to Zachary Taylor so all the kids could be ready for virtual school. And one of the office workers picked up these plastic pencil sharpeners. She said, you found them. A tear came to her eye. She said, I can't believe you found them. We looked all over for these. What she didn't know is Rose Marie, a rock star on her outreach team, went to every dollar store in Louisville and cleaned them out. And we got them those pencil sharpeners. She was like, thank you. Pencil sharpeners. Or One of our our liaisons, Nicole, heard from her school that there were a couple families who, in the middle of the COVID lockdowns, they hadn't been able to talk to them. They hadn't communicated with them. They didn't speak English. They didn't know where to go for help. And so, can you check on them? And so, Nicole got a few boxes from our pantry, and she took them. To this apartment door and knocked on it. She said she'll never forget when the little girl opened the door and saw that it was a box of food, and she said, Come the mommy, come the food. She was hungry. What I'm trying to say is, what we do in our schools, the small acts of kindness make a big impact. Those small little things go such a long way. And that's why we're excited about the school blitz. It is because we asked 30 schools around us, hey, what can we do? And this is what they said. What can we do to make your schools welcoming for the families coming back to get the kids excited? And they said, you could come help us get our schools ready. Come do the the grounds. And so that's what we're going to do. But it's going to take every single one of us. Like Tyler said, it's going to take all of us to reignite that fire and get out there and do it. And I want to encourage you, sign up right now before you even leave your seat today. Sign up. You can sign up at slash blitz. You could sign up on the app. You could sign up anywhere, but sign up for a school and be there. Now, some of you folks still don't want to be in a building. This is outside, guys. This is outside. Join us. Some of you folks are afraid it might be too hot or it might be, uh, you might not be able to safely serve out there. Sign up for a school pull up in your car in the air conditioning and pray for that school and the teachers and the families that are there make a difference at our schools everybody can do something we can make a difference in our schools and there's gonna be a community there it's gonna be awesome we're gonna have a devotional time we're gonna have a prayer time at each of those schools we're doing church not in this building don't come here next weekend but in 30 other campuses all over this city. they are saying, what about worship? Well, that's why Wednesday night, we're gonna be right out by our fountain out here. From six to eight, from six to seven, bring a blanket, bring some food, share some time with each other out there, eat, be around each other. And then from seven to eight, we're gonna worship our God who is so worthy of all of our praise. And then on Sunday, we're gonna take church to school. Church to school. You know what? I got the opportunity to go to a few of the campuses this past week. Uh, and it's amazing. We're serving all over the city, all different kinds of neighborhoods. And uh, as, I, as I went there, I got to pray for those schools. You know, some of these schools are nestled back in the neighborhood, Some of them are on busy streets. Middletown is right across from all these ball fields. They're going to be busy on Sunday. As I prayed for these schools... I prayed for the teachers and the principal to know that their city has their back and that we love them. I prayed for the community that was gonna happen there amongst us, amongst this church, as we get to serve alongside of people that we worship alongside of all year and we don't even know their name, we don't know their story. I prayed for the opportunities we would have to talk to the folks who walk by because there's gonna be folks walking by saying, what are you all doing? Why are you all here? You know what? We wanna be a church that's walking the walk And that's what we're doing, but we're ready to talk the talk when the time is right. And what do we say when somebody says, why are you here? I'm here because I want to love my city, because Jesus loved me first. Jesus is why I'm doing this. We get to do that as a church next week, but we need all of you. We need all of you. So will you join us Wednesday night, worship together, get filled up. Out of that overflow, we're going to go serve our city together we're going to go all in we're going to make a difference because i still think we are what tyler said we are that church we are that church let's prove it we pray with me dear god i thank you i thank you for northeast i thank you for the people that call northeast home i thank you for the heart of generosity and of servanthood that they have lord help us to put that on display not for our glory god but for yours Help us to put that on display so that people can know about your love that you've given to us and that we want to turn around and give to others. Help it to be exactly like Michelle's story where their heart, their faith is ignited and renewed. They get to see a true picture of what self-sacrificial love looks like in this small little act of kindness. Give it a big impact, God. I thank you for this church and what we're gonna accomplish next weekend as we get out of our seats and we love the bill. We love because you loved. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.